Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the Book of Romans with part two of this message entitled, God's Salvation for Israel, preached on July the 24th, 2011. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 11, verse 25. Four words, master. That's point number one. That God is master of history. God is the one who calls the end from the beginning. The second is mind. And the commercial long ago, mind is what's a a terrible thing to waste. And it is sad that we don't use our mind. I don't want you to be ignorant. You should tell that to yourself. I don't want you to be ignorant. Number three, the mystery. God has revealed him so many mysteries, but this time a mystery revealed to him concerning the national salvation of his own people, which has not yet come to fulfillment. It was future to him and it is future to us. There is an awakening, not Arab, but the Jewish awakening prophesied in the scriptures. And now that brings us to number four, mercy uh, to rebels. Mercy to rebels. 28 through 32 of chapter 11, sir. As far as the gospel is concerned, they, the Jewish people, are enemies on your account, meaning that you may receive the gospel. But as far as election is concerned, they are loved on account of the fathers, the patriarchs. Because God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Man makes promises and he changes his mind. But God's promises and covenants are irrevocable. Just as you who were at one time disobedient to God have now received mercy. Notice relationship between what disobedience and what mercy as a result of their disobedience so they too have now become disobedient in order that they too may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you for God has bound all men over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all. So, mercy to rebels. Mercy to the disobedient. The majority of the Jews now, right now, are enemies of God. Because they reject the gospel. They reject their Messiah. Yet they are beloved of God on account of the fathers. 
enemies and beloved at the same time. And yet God has not rescinded his covenant promise to the fathers. Gentile believers must learn that they have not replaced the Jews in God's saving program. They have a place, the Jews have a place still in God's kingdom. Every elect sinner is an enemy of God and more than that, God is his enemy. You think you can rebel against God if God is your enemy, you are finished. You will not succeed. Every elect sinner is an enemy of God and more than that, God is his enemy. He is also an enemy of every man. So man cannot get along with his neighbor. He therefore cannot love God with all his heart, mind, soul and strength. And he cannot love his neighbor as himself. Not only that, every man is an enemy of himself. Every sinner is schizophrenic. That's why he cannot sleep. He is divided within himself. So there is no difference. The Jews and Gentiles are under sin, under law, under God's wrath. I said there is no difference. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I said there is no difference. The wages of sin is death for all. There is no difference. Everyone who looks in faith to Jesus Christ, the only Redeemer, the only atonement, the only righteousness will be what? Saved. So we read in Romans 10, verses 10 uh, through 12. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved as the scripture says anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile the same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So let us learn something. Every elect sinner is an enemy of God. And God is his enemy. At the same time, he is beloved of God. Yet St. Paul tells us, Jesus Christ, by his atoning death, destroyed God's enmity to man and man's enmity to God and man's enmity to man. Now there is peace between God and man and man and man and we say hallelujah. 
So here it is, Ephesians 2, beginning with verse 14. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of enmity, hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with his commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two thus making peace. And in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. Christ destroyed the enmity. Sin is what's the essence of sin, according to John Murray, the great theologian, is what? Enmity to God. When your kid doesn't obey you, he is a rebel. He is manifesting his fallenness by revealing his hostility and enmity to whom? To God, sir. That's why we deal with it seriously. Romans 5 verse 10. For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life. Sin is enmity, but this enmity is now destroyed, cancelled, doesn't exist anymore. God and man are reconciled. On what basis? Mercy, mercy, mercy. Grace, 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 love, love, love of God. That's the basis, sir. Darkness is dispelled, light has come. Death is destroyed by Christ's death. Life eternal is here for Jew and Gentile elect sinners. Because God's gifts and his call, that is his election, are irrevocable. His covenant is irrevocable. His election is irrevocable. Romans 9 verse 11, yet before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad in order that God's purpose in election might stand. Romans 11 5, so too at the present time there is a remnant chosen by grace. Romans eleven seven. What then? What Israel sought so earnestly, it did not obtain, but the elect did, and the others were hardened. Romans eleven verse twenty eight. As far as the gospel is concerned, they are enemies on your account. But as far as election is concerned, they are loved on account of the fathers. Thank God for God's election. Thank God for his electing purpose. Romans 8, 
And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined he also called and those he called he also justified. Those he justified he also glorified. The gifts and calling are irrevocable. You can count on it sir. No rebellion of the creatures can prevent God Almighty from achieving his eternal purpose of saving his people for his own glory. You say you are disobedient. God understands that. But he will save you and make you obedient. Once Gentiles were disobedient, then the Jews became rebellious. The gospel then went to the Gentiles, showing them what's a mercy. This will provoke the Jews to look to their Messiah for what's a mercy. And they will be shown mercy on a national scale. You should ask, how can this be? Enmity and disobedience are to be met with utter and total destruction. That would be just, isn't it? Yet, that is not what is happening in the history of redemption. Instead what? They are shown mercy. So mercy is everywhere in this concluding section. Each disobedience is met with mercy. Four times. Disobedience, mercy. Disobedience, mercy. Disobedience, mercy. Disobedience, mercy. Let's praise the Lord. So let's look at this word mercy. Sir, without mercy we die. Exodus 33 verse 19 And the Lord said I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you And I will proclaim my name The Lord in your presence And then he says I will have mercy on him I will have mercy And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion This is the nature of God Exodus 34 And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Second Samuel 24 and verse 14 David said to Gad, not God, Gad the prophet I am in deep distress let us all fall into the hands of the Lord for his mercy is great and he said in Psalm 51 have mercy on me O God 
according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgression. Disobedience met with mercy. Second Corinthians 1 verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It should read, The Father of mercies, plural, sir. And the God of all comfort. Father of what sir? Mercies. Well we need mercy in the morning. Mercy at noon. Mercy in the evening. Mercy when we are young. Mercy when we are old. Mercy, mercy, mercy sir. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. But because of his great love for us. God who is rich in mercy his mercy is great his mercy is rich made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions it is by grace you have been saved dead disobedient and damned people were made alive by mercy Titus 3 verse 5 He saved us not because of righteous things we had done But because of his mercy He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit Luke 18 it says The publican said what? Have mercy upon me a sinner Hebrews 4 verse 16 Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence Because our sin is taken care of With confidence When I go to prayer I pray with confidence And God answers it Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence To receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need And we need it every day. This mercy comes to us from the mercy seat. Hilasterion. Where the blood was sprinkled to cover our sins, our transgressions of the law. The law which was kept in the ark. To cover our sins. From God's sight who dwells above it. Now he looks down. And what does he see? The blood which atoned our sins. He doesn't see our sins. It's atoned. Now because of the blood of Christ we are justified, we are forgiven of all our sins. So St. Paul says in Colossians 2.13, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ, he forgave us all our sins. That's what Justification is rich mercy, great grace. 
mercy god does not give us what we deserve that is condemnation grace god gives us what we do not deserve that is justification all because of god's love it is all divine action take a look at verse 32 of chapter 11 of romans for god has bound all men over to disobedience so that god may have what mercy on them all god has shut up all jew and gentile elect sinners he locked us all in the prison of our own sins who has the keys he has it you cannot get out he must come and save us furthermore since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of god he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what they ought not to do and we say how come he is not doing the right thing because he is given over to a depraved mind to do what he ought not to do not possible not to sin what does that mean he can only sin Galatians 3:22 and 23 but the scripture declares that the whole world is a prisoner of sin so that what was promised being given through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe before this faith came we were held prisoners by the law locked up until faith should be revealed disobedience mercy and the deliverer the rescuer comes to save us he turns our godlessness and sins away he does this fulfilling his covenant promised to the fathers god is faithful god is truth So take a look at verse 32 for God has bound all men over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all Now I look upon these all referring to elect sinners for god has bound all men meaning all elect sinners over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all is not speaking about all the peoples of the world because all the peoples of the world are not saved therefore we oppose the universalism idea promoted by the liberals man every man without any exception whatever has been what redeemed by christ and because with man 
That is, with each man without any exception, whatever Christ is in a way united. Even when the man is unaware of it. Then he says, Christ who died and was raised up for all, provides man, again, each man and every man, with the light and strength to measure up to his supreme calling. Or look at another scripture about this all business. All, all, all. And don't get confused about it. Romans 5 and verse 18. I will again look at it in the way elect sinners. Consequently, just as the result of one trespass was condemnation for all men, so also the result of one act of righteousness was justification that brings life to all men. But I will look upon all as elect sinners. But look at 1 Corinthians 15 verse 22. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. And this, when you look at it without understanding, you believe in universalism. That is, everyone without what's a exception is saved. But we believe in a universalism which is everyone without distinction will be saved. In other words, God saves all sorts of people. So as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. All has reference to what sir, elect sinners, Jew and Gentile. All elect disobedient sinners, he shall save Gentiles and Jews. He has come to rescue them. He is what? The rescuer. That word is used in 1 Thessalonians 1.10 And wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Second Corinthians 1.10 He has delivered us from such a deadly peril. That is, he has rescued us from such a deadly peril and he will rescue us. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to rescue us. We have no other redeemer, rescuer, savior than Jesus Christ. The elect disobedient are shown mercy that they may remain disobedient. Come on now. The elect disobedient are shown mercy that they may be obedient. God justifies the ungodly that they may become godly. And if you are not godly, you are not saved. The enemies are reconciled 
so that we now worship and serve our God forever. And this brings St. Paul's treatment of the Jewish salvation to a close. So he said the major part of Jewish nation is totally hardened but this hardness and the blindness and the insensitivity of his people shall not last forever. The Messiah will come to save them in the future as a nation and he will cure their hardness, their blindness, their insensitivity. So Gentile believers, don't be arrogant. Be humble and rejoice in God's great plan of saving all his people. Listen to some applications, sir. Listen to this. and The scripture is to be what, sir? Applied. Seven things. What should we know? God is not man that he should change. Dr. Boyce cites J.I. Packer from his book Knowing God. He says these things, pay attention. God's life does not change. He doesn't grow old. He doesn't get knee surgery on the right and then on the left. The hip surgery on the right and on the left. He doesn't get weak. He doesn't get better or he doesn't get worse. God is a spirit unchangeable in his being. Number two. What about God's character? Doesn't change. God is holy and God is love. See the goodness and what? The severity of God. God's truth doesn't change. That's why we believe in the Bible. And the biblical revelation about everything. Number four. God's ways do not change. He saves sinners of his eternal choice. And he judges others whom he passed by. God's purposes do not change. In spite of the flux of history. He saves his people for his own glory. God's son does not change. Concerning Jesus Christ we read he is the same yesterday, today and forever. Henry F. Light says this in his song Change and Decay in all around I see. O thou who changest not abide with me. The Greek philosopher Heraclitus saw the flux of everything. He said you cannot step into the same river twice. But we see the true and living God who is above all change. So we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. What should we do? Well, here it is. 
Now we are disobedient so under God's wrath that every elect sinner realize our need for the mercy of God to be saved. Pray like the publican and the Pharisee St. Paul. Have mercy upon me, the sinner, the chief of sinners. See, we like to diminish our sin. Publican increased it. St. Paul increased it. So it as it truly is, chief of sinners. So he says, St. Paul, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Friends, pray because Jesus never cast out any sinner. He never cast out any sinner who came to Jesus seeking salvation. So I guarantee you, he will show you also mercy. In fact, you come to Christ because he has drawn you by his Holy Spirit. Next, be sure to show mercy to others. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And finally, proclaim the gospel of mercy to others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we don't look upon others. We look upon ourselves. We were disobedient. We were dead. We were entombed. We couldn't do anything to save ourselves. But you came to our tomb and said, Lazarus, come out and live. That's what happened to us, O God, and we praise you and thank you for saving all sorts of people. Jew and Gentile. In Jesus' name, amen.